All right, guys, welcome back. It's another round of the Little Bit Strange podcast. I got my industry buddy, David Yelverton, a.k.a. How's it going, man? the captain. I don't know why you're all of a sudden the captain, but you're a captain now. That's new, but okay. <laughs> don't blame me. Blame the tequila I had this afternoon. Fair so, enough. Um, how are you been holding up, man? You doing okay these days? Man, doing good. You know, we're just uh, trying to push through this uh Little little shutdown we got going on with the with the industry at the moment, you know. Wait for the uh, the job to come back in line, and uh, then we'll get get moving forward. Put one foot in front of the other, man. Pretty much all we can do at this point. So um, now I know you from working in bars and all that, but we'll get that to that in a minute. That's going to be the fun stuff later on. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this that know you. You are an avid BMX rider, like oh, competitive competitive level, correct? <laughs> Yeah, I have, uh, throughout my life, I've had a little issue with competitiveness, uh, <laughs> so it gives me an outlet to, uh, to, to focus that, that little piece of, of my personality on and, and lets the rest of the world around me kind of not suffer from my, from my issues. Fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. Basically, in other words, it keeps you from going, motherfucker, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> a lot. Somewhere I'm going yeah, yeah. to kill you a lot. <laughs> it's, it's got a... It's got a ton of sideline benefits. You know, it keeps me in the gym. It helps me stay in shape. Lets me make a little bit better decisions about my diet when I'm thinking <laughs> about it, you know, now, uh, things like that. You, up to what level have you gone? I mean, are you, do you, I know, I know you, the, you do it competitively, but is it like a recreational competitive or do you do like national events? And I, I do national level events when I have the opportunity to, um, more in the last so <clears throat> long story short i raced when i was a kid i was very competitive national level uh competitor as as a as a kid up until i was about 16 um i found cars and women and bmx <laughs> kind of fell away for a it's long amazing time. how that happens <clears throat> and uh, put, put a little vag yeah, yeah. in front of you and all of a sudden priorities change <laughs> Man, man, it's a, it's an amazing thing. <laughs> so it has literally changed the face uh, of history several times. Yeah. Without, without question, without question. So, so, um, you know, fast forward in 30 years ish and, uh, my kid finds some pictures of me racing a bike and says, Hey, I want to try that out. I said, great choice. I can probably be a better coach at doing that than anything else. <laughs> Always the better second, coach. Second race of my kids. Yeah, yeah, always the better coach. Um, second race of the kid's career, I looked at the wife and informed her. Oh, hang on here. I think we're having a little technical difficulties. Okay, hang on here. So we're having a few little technical difficulties. Yelverton's cutting out. That's okay. That's where editing comes in. So, <laughs> um, hang on here. Let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can do this. That might help a little bit. I don't know. There we go. That makes it a little bit better. There's a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Your bandwidth is kind of dropping for a second, but it's all good. Yeah. So, um, the BMX competitive nature and all that stuff, like your son took off after it as well. So he's, um, 
I wouldn't say he, he hasn't gotten to that part of his life where his competitive nature is kicking over his fun nature. He, he enjoys more uh, just being around his friends and riding and, and stuff like that. And uh, it's not so much that I have a enormous desire to win, um, but I really, really, really hate to lose. And <laughs> that's, <clears throat> it's kind of an issue. Uh that I deal with from time to time. So. Well, I mean, look, nobody wants to be last ever. I mean, if you want to be last, then you've got no, I mean, no reason know, being trying competitive. To, if you're trying to be a good husband, you know, sometimes being last is good. Well, you're still not last because then you still have a wife. <laughs> and you might not get stabbed in your sleep. I mean, mm. let's be realistic on this. Yeah. That's so, a... 50 50 at best (laughs) (laughs) so now excuse me was there ever a point like a a wreck you saw i i know you were in recently a kind of bad little wreck um was there ever one that you saw that you were like holy shit i can't believe that just happened um yeah you know those those kind of happen it's racing so at the end of the day racing is racing right Uh, Right. most people don't watch nascar because they like to watch things turn left for a long time. Um, sooner or later, two people are going to make a decision that kind of coincide and collide with each other. Um, and that very much happens in the sport of BMX um, as well. So it's kind of one of those things of not uh, if you'll go down, but when you'll go down. And hopefully it's in a you know controlled way that you can do something about it. Kind of kind of like catastrophic. Kind of like crab fishing, like. It's not a matter of when you get hurt or if you're going to get yeah, hurt. It's yeah. a matter of when and how bad. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, if it's not if a crab is going to catch you, but when the crab is going to catch you and where they catch you is kind of probably more important than either one of those. Right. <clears throat> but now, do you do you do this as a solo thing? Are you part of a team? Um, so, is it strictly like racing? Do you do the the stunt tracks at all? No, I'm I I just like go fast. That's that's me. <laughs> um, I I have a great admiration for the guys that, that do freestyle and um, you know that's the word I was looking for freestyle stuff like that. Yeah, oh man, I got those those guys are insanely talented. The things that they can do um, is kind of outside of what I chose to do. I I just want to a to b as fast as you can go. Um, Put a couple and, of hills in my way, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to, I like to, um, you know, challenging track is always very cool. Well, some with, tracks. Honestly, without BMX, there would be no freestyle because I remember seeing guys doing little points and stuff as they came over the top at, at the finish line, and that was always the poster. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that poster kind of created freestyle. Right, you know, so there were guys that were like, "Hey, I could just do that part." And then yeah. there were then there were the really crazy ones that went, "Hey, I can do that on a motorcycle." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, guys definitely um, picked up that gauntlet. You know, uh, I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer, uh, so you know, uh, the the beginning of the X Games when all of this stuff was kind of first, uh, you know, evolving was a really cool. Uh, thing to watch and just kind of be oh, there yeah. as part of the generation that kind of brought that to the forefront was you know super super cool <clears throat> i'm just barely in that see, little middle ground 
So I, I, I can appreciate yeah. what you're talking about, and I remember what you're talking about, but I'm still young enough that some of the newer guys, I grew up watching them. Like Dan. Yeah, but the, the progression that happened, like the things that people started doing compared to the things that people do now right. is – truly generational you know they're the right the generation and you're, you're gonna you're, you're like gonna have those crazy. you're gonna have those ones that always stick out your tony hawks that oh, change yeah. the game yeah. your dave miras uh, absolutely pastranas but, all those guys deer dick all the ones yeah. that took it to a level that nobody had been able to take it to before but that's sports in general you get that with tiger woods back in his heyday absolutely Absolutely. And then you always have that, you know, who's going to be the greatest at the Michael Jordan syndrome. Like, hey, right. is, is this guy the greatest guy to ever do it? Yeah. And in that sport, it's happened at a crazy level. Right. Um, it's like as soon they, as they go, yeah, this guy can do whatever he wants. He's the best ever. There's a seven-year-old that goes, nope, I got yeah. YouTube. <laughs> yeah. There's a seven-year-old that's like, I've been doing that since I was five. Good. <laughs> so let me ask you, like, so like I said, outside of your own personal, we'll say hiccups in the road, has there ever been one that, like, as you're riding by, you're like, oh wow, that dude's hurt? Oh yeah. So, um, and many times, like in a national event, it's like the worst thing that can happen. So the race, they drop these races in a national event. You're racing. Usually, there's two races on the track at the same time because there's so many motos there'll be so a moto is is considered a race and in a moto there's up to eight people racing against each other so at a national event you're looking at about 200 motos in a day so they're just doubling up on you yeah yeah so and and to complete that race that you have to run those 200 motos three times so you're going to run 100 there's going to a gate's going to drop 600 times that day before the event's kind of finished. <clears throat> so they're dropping gates. Like as soon as the, the race in front of you gets to the last turn of the track, they're dropping your gate. So <clears throat> one of the worst things that can happen is you're, you're in this mindset. I got to get up here. I got to get ready. We're going to hammer this. It's going to happen real fast. And then a wreck happens right in front of you while you're sitting in the gate. And then uh, two years ago, I was in Dallas. A guy went down <clears throat> and he broke his pelvis ouch right ow, so ow. that just yeah it's yeah. even painful to say that's like saying yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I watched a guy tear his nutsack yeah yeah pretty much and so he was on the track for about 45 minutes they had to get an ambulance in you know put him on a gurney make sure everything stays stabilized and everything all that whole deal and then carry him off the track and then it's incredibly difficult to get yourself back up and ready to race you know you're you at just this national level dude. event yeah yeah this oh, guy just got crazy. carted off in an ambulance, and um, you know I'm about to hammer this thing as hard as I can possibly push myself um, to hopefully not end up like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to end up like him, so I need to avoid yeah. that turn. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm now, do definitely you do you get to know way. certain tracks like how golfers when they play certain courses over and over and over, they tend to memorize certain things. Are there new tracks every time, or do they alter tracks? So um, you do get to learn the tracks that are in a certain area. So in the state of Texas right now, um, I think we have like seven tracks. So Corpus Christi, uh, Wichita Falls, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, San Antonio has one. And then here in Houston, we have three. 
Oh, wow. So, so Houston's kind of a big BMX town then. Houston is a big BMX town. I would not have, I yeah. never knew that. That's cool. Yeah. 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 We're Houston. Yeah, man. And I don't have to preach this. Most, most diversity on the planet. I'm super pumped to be a Houstonian. I, I think we have a fantastic city. Oh yeah. Possibly the best city in the United States. And very, um, under, very underrated sociologically by other places. Like. That's okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> because yeah, every, right. everyone I've ever talked to that's moved here and actually got to hang out with people here, they eventually go, yeah, you were right. This is a pretty cool fucking town. Yeah, Houston's a pretty cool town. It's got its issues, you know? Yeah. Got, got well, every town we does. Do better. Every yeah, town yeah. does. But, I mean, that's crazy. I would have never thought of Houston being a giant BMX town. Yep. So we, we're supposed to, right now, coronavirus, I, I was trying real hard not to bring bring that into today's mix but uh i guess it's gonna find its way one way or the other it's found we were supposed every bit to of have, life <laughs> yeah and in uh april we were supposed to have the world championships of bmx here in houston and that was going to be three months before the olympics so if you oh, make wow. the united states cycling team for the world championships that was being held here um you get a trip to the olympics Oh, wait, so they have BMX racing in the Olympics now? Absolutely. Oh, I yeah, didn't BMX know that. Been, hell? Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, BMX, yeah, it's been an Olympic sport now for, I don't know, 20 years or so? Something That's like that. That's cool. But that shows how yeah. diverse the sport became. Like, it Absolutely. really oh, became a worldwide thing. So it's huge in um, Australia. Japan, um, everything's huge in Japan. New Zealand, right. Everything's huge in Japan, just by comparison. Um, uh, and actually that's, <laughs> that's a hype joke for some of you yeah, out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, it actually is actually pretty big over there. France, France is a huge really? BMX center. Yeah. Uh, the Netherlands, uh, huge BMX, you know, groups. See, now like the, like the Netherlands, I would figure that because like all the mountains and everything. Yeah. They, well, they build indoor tracks, right? So they're, they're, they have a lot of snow and everything up there. So they build a lot of indoor tracks. They build them inside these big warehouse buildings and uh, stuff crazy. like that. And they race you around. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I guess it's like an indoor uh, water park or something. Like that way you can do it mm -hmm. rain or shine. I mean, smart move if you've got enough money behind you. So yeah, yeah. now you said you, you used to do that as a kid, like as you got older. Um, you obviously got into the bar business. Now, again, not a lot of people may know this about you. You were also in the Air Force, if I remember correct? Yep, that's correct. Did you go into the bar business beforehand and then, like, join up and go back? Or was that something you did straight out of high school? So, um, I went to the Air Force right out of high school. I took a summer to myself, went to the Air Force, and then uh, when I came home, I uh, reacquainted myself with the bar business. My grandfather owned a bar when I was growing up, so it's always kind of been a oh, so it's kind of a thing family in the blood. blood thing. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. It was now, one of those things. Did you? And you can be one hundred percent honest with this. I really don't give a shit. Um, did you enjoy your time in the Air Force? You know, um, some of it, most of it, I, I would say. I'm uh, sure there was I, bad moments. Yeah, you know, obviously, what? you know, it was, any uh, job. Yeah, and there was a war going on while I was enlisted, so uh, we were in the middle of Kuwait, Desert Storm, Desert Shield. Um, so, 
it had its uh, stressful moments, I guess you could say. I'm, I'm sure. I can't even imagine it. Yeah. Now, what did you do in the Air Force? I was a security specialist. Uh, so basically, uh, sat on top of uh, nuclear warheads. <laughs> With the world's biggest hard on. Uh, not, not that so dis much. disappeared as <laughs> yeah. the, if this red light yeah. ever went on. <laughs> I can tell you, yeah, there's um, there's very very little uh, sense of humor around nuclear weapons. <laughs> I can I can I can I can be a hundred percent clear about that. I might have been a little loosey goosey for the job. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you take one selfie where you're riding it, and all of a sudden hey. you're labeled, and uh, there's a CNN investigation. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you get to, something along those lines? Did you get to like travel the world and do all that stuff with with the Air Force? I got to see it a little bit, not not as much as I would have liked to. Yeah. Most of the time, I spent uh, in Montana, which there's not a whole lot to look at in Montana. <laughs> this is true. It's like, oh, look, more cows. <laughs> uh, so okay, now, like. Like I said, that that led you back into the bar business. Like when you got home, you came back into the bar business because, as you said, your grandfather did it. Uh, he owned yeah. it or worked it? He owned one when, when I was younger. And so by the time I could pick up a five-gallon bucket full of ice, I was moving ice around. And so it's just he was constantly Just kind of become natural. Yeah, so he, he worked for uh, Dow. And they have this big party house in Lake Jackson on Lake Jackson. It's the Lake Jackson Manor. And um, so Dow would would hire him to come in and throw these parties for dignitaries and stuff like that. And so I got exposed to doing those kinds of events really young. Nice. So they teach you early on, don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Hold the drink. Oh, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> hold the drink. And don't ask why, where he's from. <laughs> no. No questions. If you don't understand it, just don't matter. Hold up the tray. Leave these people yep. the fuck alone. Yeah, that's it. You don't, you don't engage with these people. <laughs> that's awesome, though. I mean, that's an experience in and of itself, I'm sure. Like, did you, oh, were yeah. you, were you ever like starstruck doing that? Like, you, you serve somebody a drink at some point that you're like, holy crap, that's so and so. Nah, you know, all of this stuff is, um, you know, I'm, I'm older, so there was no social media, and it, the only people that would have starstruck me back then would have been, you know, like, I don't know, what's his name from the Million Dollar Man or something like that. You know, it was like, it would have been a TV star, Farrah Fawcett. Right, right, you know, right. Burt Reynolds walked in the building. I'd have been like, it's a bandit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your car? That's cool as shit. Yeah, yeah, I want to see the car. I still masturbate to that movie seven times a weekend. <laughs> it's like, whoa, dude, restraining order, please. So oh, now, dude. as you work through the bar, through the bar industry, like, ha, has that really kind of like, I, I'm trying to think how to weird how to word this. Has that really put a difference in the way that you see? how things work with the world, like family, family, interacting with family, just, the, or, or like, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to think how to word this, man. I drank tequila this afternoon and they, <laughs> and it's, so I, I think I know what you're asking. So like, um, it, it, uh, it has, it hasn't, and it hasn't in the, in the years. So 
half of my family had, had a propensity for alcoholism. Um, <clears throat> on one half, I won't say which mom's half of my family that was. <clears throat> but so I got a really good look at how alcohol could really affect some things in a bad way really young. Okay, I and got then, you. I got you. And yeah, then that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, and then I got to experience kind of the the professional side of that later on. So I got a chance to be like, hey, you know, it's not going to be a good idea to let that guy get out of here because I know his personality type and I know what his home life's going to look like when he gets home. Um, <clears throat> things like that, you know. Yeah, like you you start to see both the good and the bad of people. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and you see really good people act in a really bad way. And sometimes you even see the vice versa. You see a really bad person make a good decision every once in a while. Yeah, those are, those are restores the your, uh, your faith in humanity sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's like, you know, uh, some, yeah. Sometimes thanks. people surprise you in a great way. Thank you for not yeah. doing coke off of the urinal. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, so like... Um, well, like I was trying to say, well, like the family thing, like I never knew that it was kind of a family, family oriented deal for you. That's actually pretty cool. Did it ever become a point to where like, I'm trying to think like it, it, it shapes the way that you interact with your own personal family. Like you're, you, uh, you have a son, um, had, did seeing that and being exposed to that at an early age kind of changed the way you viewed certain things well it's always kind of tempered like the way we think of alcohols when we were growing up it was really taboo you know it's like <laughs> grandpa's cough syrup. Drink. <laughs> yeah you know grandma's cough syrup you know you didn't touch uh you know uncle john's gin you know there's just things that, that until you hit about 16 and then all of a sudden it's you snuck a uh uh scotch and water <laughs> Well, that's not, that might've been a little late in my case. I, I'm the, probably the only person you ever know that's missed a day of first grade from being hung over. Whoa. Um, <laughs> and yes, and I knew you were my guardian grade, angel <laughs> in second grade as well. Yeah. Um, so I had this, uh, interesting habit when I was a kid, man, that if somebody set a drink down, and uh, they were far <laughs> enough along in their night to not pay attention to what was going on. I was drinking your drink, buddy. And uh, that was just oh, kind of started. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so. <clears throat> Dave always seems uh, to have blurry eyes when he comes to school. Yeah. He goes to sleep at recess. We don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I, I think. I mean, like. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. So. What that did was when I got to high school and I started drinking, you know, at that 16, 17 age, you know, and I went to parties and uh, would hang out with friends and stuff like that. And I got friends that are passing around, you know, passing around a bottle of Jack Daniels, passing around a bottle of Jose. You know, and they're like, oh, let's get fucked up. Let's get fucked up. And I was the kid in the corner that was like, no, nah, I'm going to have my two beers and i'm gonna watch all you motherfuckers puke yeah. your brains out here in uh, 20 minutes <laughs> i'm gonna have blackmail and yeah. i'm gonna get more gas money than i ever need because every block you're paying for a new tank of gas oh yeah yeah we're gonna pull over and get gas a lot 
Now, <laughs> that is that was one of my favorite games because I same thing. I I started drinking at like friends' houses and stuff like that a little bit early in life, and then by the time that it rolled around to where we could all kind of get away with it, I guess you could say I was yeah, yeah. I was the sober one. I'm like, no, nah, I'll be bartender. You guys pay me twenty bucks and we're good. And then I'm the one with the pictures next day going, uh, you see what you did? Yeah, that's a fat girl. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm lucky enough to um, have gone through that phase of my life before cell phone cameras. So Th yes, <laughs> thank God. Thank God. It will be, it will oh, be none man. of those. Pictures. If if pagers You're had up for me, thanks. Yeah. If pagers had cameras on them, I'd have been screwed. Ooh, ooh. Man, oh. that would just, that's no dice right there. All right, y'all, we're going to take yeah. a quick little break. We'll be back with the weirdness round number two. A little bit strange podcast. Holy God, I'm choking. <coughs> ah, yeah, there it is. All right. Welcome back, guys. It is round two of the little bit strange podcast. We got my buddy David Yelverton joining us today. Hello, Mr. Yelverton. Mr. Strange, nice to join you, sir. So this next half, we just talk about some random shit. Um, we kind of try and tie it into what we talked about before at first, but then it'll eventually just get weird. I know it will. Um, Fair enough. Bar business. You've been in it for forever. What is that one holy shit moment in the bar business that you're like, this really can't, this honestly can't be happening? Oh, man. <clears throat> I think I've tried to forget more of those moments than I actually remember these days. Not not necessarily um, <laughs> in like a violent way, in like a funny yeah. way or like a, oh my God, I feel so bad for that person, but that's fucking so, hilarious. So I, I, I took, um, um, we had a, a musician performing, a musical group performing. Um, <clears throat> and I take uh, this girl and her boyfriend to our kitchen, to the walk-in, where I laid out a pallet of beer boxes for her and the lead singer from this musical group to uh, lock themselves in the in the walk-in cooler for, for a little while. They were inspecting the refrigeration out. unit. Right, and I got to hang out <laughs> with her boyfriend while they were doing that. <clears throat> wow. So... <laughs> What kind of conversation do you have with somebody? So I, uh, I guess you're a fan of their music, or were. Yeah. I was like, I wonder how that's going in there. <laughs> <laughs> Did, or like, I mean, I feel bad for the dude. Well, I mean, he could have gotten his rocks off on it, whatever. But I mean, what yeah, if, what if she made noises that she doesn't make with him? Dif different people do different things, man. That's hey. that's. Without that is question. one thing that the bar business has definitely taught me is different strokes for different folks, man. What what yeah. I consider wrong another person considers right. But yeah. yeah, as long as you ain't hurting nobody, it don't matter. Well, I mean He wasn't trying to break the door down, so I figured it was all good. <laughs> like what kind of a like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know like did they pay extra when they bought their ticket or something? I, no, no. This he just kind of picked her out of the crowd, and that's kind of how it all he went picked, down. It he was picked just the weird. one chick that was like on her anniversary date, and you said yeah, you yeah. would tell yes to everything. Yeah, this is your idea. <laughs> yeah, DJ Red Foo from oh, LMFAO. <laughs> wow, 
Nice. Yeah. I was oh. wondering. Name drop. Damn. I'm not. I said I wasn't gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll try and edit it. I really won't. I know you won't. Sorry. Hey. Um. <clears throat> I was gonna say he doesn't know what town we're in, but whatever. If he does yeah. listen to the show. Props, dude. Well done. I know. Hey, yeah, whatever. He knows. He, he knows. knows where he was at. He or maybe knows. he doesn't. I don't know. You know, it could be a crazy true. life. Who knows? Yeah, that could be like a every Thursday thing for him. Yeah, that's it. That's in the writer. I get to pick one chick out of the crowd and bang her in a closet while her boyfriend yeah. sits outside. <laughs> Making the manager nervous. I was scared he was going to ask me to do something. <laughs> No, please, please no. Weird boy, no. <laughs> hey, man, it happens. Um, so, mm. like, uh, as we mentioned before, you are a dad. Um, yeah, a good yep. one at that. I have to admit, a very good dad. Um, what's that one dad moment where you went, "Ah, oh, crap! I really am a dad." Oh man, I think it's probably the first time you, uh, you know, your first diaper change is kind of that. You threw up on a baby, it's, didn't you? No, no, no. It's just that jump in moment, you know, where you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. This, just... is, what it, this is what it is, right? All right. Well, shit. Literally. Right. And then there's the, there's a counterpoint to that. So like the, that the first day you feel like a dad, but then you have that same like feeling again, like the last time you ever wipe your kid's butt. Right. <laughs> so it kind of comes kind of comes full circle and you're like oh see dad all right cool i'm good right yeah you get to wipe your own ass junior and you can tie your shoes bravo mm -hmm. nice <sighs> has there ever been a moment where you've been like son of a bitch kid you really can't be mine oh man um Unfortunately, in, if you in, look in at my kid and look way. at me, yeah, in a funny yeah, way, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, you know, uh, <clears throat> that, that that every parent in the world has had that moment, like where you're like, you you are not of my loin, so I'm, I just can't. You you had to have been switched at birth or something. <laughs> I, I just I just can't do it. But yeah, you know, I mean, it happens from from time to time. You know, where they just don't think, and I think that's the the uh, problem with uh, now have you ever seen him try kids. and do something that you tried to get away with back in the day and you're like oh no wait a minute kid oh man and then use the same excuses i used back then i was like son i made that excuse up <laughs> twice that's, that's, like you that's heard ridiculous. that from you heard me tell that to your mom two weeks ago <laughs> yeah yeah i think you heard that story yeah <laughs> you cannot recycle these things it doesn't work like that but it's it's almost like it's a weird genetic memory that your kids yeah. just instantly know to do the same shit that you did, but think they can get away with it. Just like we thought we could get away with it with our parents. Right. Oh, we had so much easier ways to get rid of, get away with things. Because, you know, when we were kids, we told our parents we we're going to go spend our night at our friend's house. Our friends said they were coming to spend their night at our house. And our parents pretty much didn't really talk about it. Other <laughs> than, hey, really our kids are going to hang out tonight, right? But now they, like, FaceTime each other and have right. meeting calls with families. And, hey, what are we doing? And everybody's got a cell phone and their GPS locator better be turned on so I can see where you're at all the time. Yeah, no. I, I don't know how I would have survived. I definitely wouldn't have survived alive. Uh, my mom would have a much different <laughs> uh, view of her son um, had we had 
GPS tracking devices on us oh, all the time when I was a kid. I think <clears throat> not even GPS, just fuck no camera. Thank God there was no camera. I mean, me and my brothers should have been arrested multiple times. I don't want to know how many times we really, really fucked up somebody's life. If, if we'd had cameras, uh, some of the times I got arrested, I would have been convicted. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll just go ahead. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, there's no cameras, but I'm a yeah. smooth talker when I'm fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Except for this picture right here that shows you drinking on this show. Uh, oopsie. Yeah, but that's timestamp three days ago. Snapchat, yeah, yeah. you can't record. Oh, that Jesus. was a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> that was yesterday. This is an all-new <laughs> drinking binge today. And that, all-new That Well, that is one thing that we kind of ran into as well growing up is it wasn't like the generation before us where it was like, oh, you drink, you got drunk, ah, you go home have a hangover the next day whatever yeah no we came up in that you have to go so balls to the wall get super fucked up every time you go out and there is no stop there is no limit right it was just green light Uh, the limit was how much liquor you had you know that was the limit and then later on it turned into different thing you know different substances after that well i mean that's (laughs) just the progression of adulthood yeah i mean Look, at this point in life, 90% of people have taken some drug in some form or fashion, whether it be like for hallucinogenic or whatever purposes. It just it happens. It's part of a world. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just the ancient Greeks used it to see the gods. We do it to keep a heart on. Yeah, yeah true story. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, I mean, it's true. Like, think about the drugs that the ancient Greeks had when they looked up at all those stars and went, I see a half man, half horse. Yeah. What what do we got? Named out the constellations, right? What do we got? Grandpa wants a boner. Let's give him a blue pill. That's a blue pill. It's a little bit of a different scale, in my opinion. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I I would say, you know, I've had had my fair share of time with hallucinogenics. I, I, uh, I think they have a, a place and a, an opening and an awakening, different way of looking at the world. Right. Um, kind of, kind of lets you into some some different things. Oh, little for sure. blue pills. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know. I guess they let you look at the world a little bit different way. I guess. Well, I mean, it's <clears> like to me, it's it's that particular one is just a proof of how much marketing and money plays into it because that was actually designed for like hair loss or something like that and next thing it you was know, a, it was asthma it was designed for asthma, asthma? is that what it was yeah. i knew it was something yeah. completely off the wall from what they were actually marketing it for and they're like oh yeah um it doesn't do anything for asthma but it gives him a hard on for seven hours oh, wait, and he's 92 yeah, right. <laughs> oh well okay um let's call it viagra that sounds like vagina okay yeah it's the man version. The man version. Okay. So on the second half of the show, we like to do, ask some weird, weird questions and just kind of see where things go. Um, last season, this is season two, uh, last season we asked everybody their zombie strategy. So we're sticking with that. What is your perfect zombie strategy? You got 24 hours after the outbreak happens, what are you looking for? Oh, man. I'm hooking up to my my trailer and headed out of town, man, taking all the ammo and 
guns that I've collected over my lifetime. And uh, I'm looking for a nice little spot next to a lake that I can defend on one side and uh, have plenty of water and fish for food. So you're, so you're kind of a combination of like, I'm going to bring my guns. I'm going to bring my shelter. I'm going to go find a place with food. So you're not, you're not like trying to hole up in one particular spot. Like the shit just hit the fan. You're out. No, no, I'm, I'm mobile, hostile, mobile out of here. Be, be on the move if I need to. Right. Now, are you thinking like go mountains? You thinking stay in cities? I'm thinking isolated, you know, I'd be out of, out of the city, away from, away from mass, lots of bodies, right? So that's kind right. of the, the thought process is anywhere the population is high, the zombie count will be high. So I want to minimize my contact with them as much as possible. <laughs> Sounds kind of like Corona. Yeah. Some, okay. So yeah. this season we're taking it a little bit further. We want to know a little bit more. Um, aliens. Do you think that there is? Do you think that there is other life out there? I think we would be the most ignorant life form to ever have evolved to believe that in the infinite amount of space that there is in the universe, that we are the only intelligent life form in all of that space and all of those planets and all those millions and billions and billions of stars out there that we're the only thing that came up out of it that would be the dumbest <laughs> statement that i think i could ever make in my entire life so right. just through the just through sheer mathematics there has to be other races out there right like <laughs> it's not like something created us and then went fuck it everything else is lights let them think yeah. what they want <laughs> right right now do you think that if they were to ever come down and make contact that it would necessarily be peaceful so um yeah i got a theory on that one um so anytime a higher technologically race interacts with a lower technology race the lower technology race comes out on the short end of the stick no matter what Right. So um, whether the intention is good or not, um, I think that we as being a lower technology race would uh, would probably rip ourselves to shreds where we exposed to technologies that would, you know, jump right. us infinitely forward. Um, whether whether the dumbasses that'll be doing experiments in their backyards yeah. with quantum ma machines and shit like that. Sure, why not? We're fucking what happened? throw off the Earth's balance because right. we fucked up the core of the Earth by accident. What happened yeah. to Jimmy Something Bob? Stupid. Well, he yeah. had a quantum theory engine, and the next thing you know, he's back in 1872 fucking his great-great-grandma. And the world is lopsided, and the moon left. Yes. So <laughs> we don't know what the fuck. <laughs> All of a sudden, there are no more rats, but there are a lot of owls. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think we would be doomed to kind of doom ourselves. Um, right. So, just just yeah. out of sheer, like, shock and awe, like, oh, yeah. shit. We're, we're uh, I think uh, we're, we're very smart as individuals. So as, as human beings, if you talk to us one at a time, we're all, I think, we're fairly intelligent and bring something to the table. But when you put us in large groups together, we're dumb. Tend to, it becomes stupid. Oh, yeah, just we dumb. It's straight up we dumb. The mob yeah. mentality is so ingrained in our brain for whatever reason that you will see some of the smartest people on the planet make some of the dumbest decisions when they all get together. 
could not agree more. <laughs> Most times they call it like congressional meetings or whatever, but hey, yeah. and there's the political zinger for this episode. Ta-da! All right. <laughs> Ta-da! So, um, okay, now here we go. Here's the last little one here. This this one we're kind of doing just because it is getting close to, to fall season, I hope. Let me let me have my dream that we can still have yeah. Halloween this year. Um, uh, ghosts close to November. I don't know. Go- <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> do you do you believe in the paranormal? I do. Really? I have. I I believe in the paranormal. I've uh, um, seen some weird things in some old restaurants, um, you know, and had some weird experiences uh, through myself. So. I've seen a couple sitting at a table that didn't exist in a restaurant. Oh, wow. I've seen, no, wait, yeah. no, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Back that one up a little bit. Like, did you think you were having an acid flashback or something? Um, it was weird because um, it was I was working in this place in Colorado, just outside of Colorado. It's an old mansion that was built in 1914. Um, it was the Hearst family mansion. And um, we had renovated it in from the mansion into a restaurant. And every once in a while, we'd just have a table, a couple at a table that didn't exist in the one corner of this room. And it was kind of right next to my office. So wait, 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 wait. So wait, the table didn't exist or the couple didn't exist? Yes, correct. Oh, so it's both. Like the table would just appear both. there. Yeah. Oh, wow. The table, the table is a whole setting, and uh, that would appear to be very real. Not like a, it's not like a ghost form or anything like that. But it was always one of those things where you just kind of catch it out of the side of your eye, and then when you went back to take a double take, they'd be gone. So it was just more of like a feeling. You'd get your hair, all your hair would just stand up on your body and right. okay. stuff like that. <clears throat> Oh, that's that's kind of cool. Okay, so you said you had some other personal experiences like that. So yeah, the other the other personal experience I have with um, with what I would I guess a ghost an entity. Um, I went to my grandfather's funeral, and I was living in Austin at at the time. Drove home to Houston to uh, to go to my grandfather's funeral, and when I was on my way back to Austin, I stopped to get gas. <clears throat> And while I was pumping gas, I had a monarch butterfly landed on my shoulder. Oh, cool. So I filled my truck up with gas, walked inside, paid the bill, walked back outside to my truck, and the monarch never left my shoulder the entire time. So, you know, I politely told the butterfly that, you know, I was going to be all right, and I appreciate you looking out for me. And then... uh, the butterfly flew off. So ever since then, I've kind of associated monarch butterflies with my grandfather. And the times that they show up in my life are impeccably timed. Let's just put it that way. That's cool, man. So it's okay. So now do you believe, obviously you've had some of the the good moment type paranormal Hmm? activities. Yeah, yeah. What about the flip side of that? Do you believe in like the darker side of it? Um, I think if you go looking for anything in this world, you'll find what you're looking for eventually. Um, that's just kind of been one of those things where I've never really had, uh, 
enough curiosity, enough really want to know about to dig in to try to find something like that. Right. I think we're I think we're all kind of mirrors of what our inner souls uh, kind of you know that we we surround ourselves with the things we are and then we become the things we surround ourselves with right but at the same point the human mind will also make up so much stuff and i know that for a fact for sure a a friend of mine actually lived in what was considered one of the most haunted houses in philadelphia new jersey it was her house and the whole story about why the house was haunted and everything was her legitimate sister and what happened. And it got twisted through the telephone game over the years. Like, um, they would say that, that there would be somebody in the house and lights would just randomly turn on, even though the family's not there. Well, the family wasn't there because they moved to Florida and her brother was finishing out his last couple of years of high school. So he would go there turn on lights do laundry grab clothes and stuff like that right. go back to his, it became the house is haunted right right and all this stuff and it's you. like no you guys are just idiots like to the point that people literally went there and murders happened on the property in like evil satanic style rituals and all this because they thought it was haunted and it's like no you dipshit that's just my brother getting clothes thought they're connecting to something see those those are the things like I just I just refuse to kind of allow those things to have some kind of entry into my life. I I just don't need all that, man. I'm gonna choose to I'm yeah. choose to just kind of be on the other side of that one. I'm cool with my <laughs> butterflies and my birds. You and your horned goat guy get the fuck away from yeah. me. Yeah, as long pass on your pass on your Satanism shit. Yeah, look if I if you bring fried chicken, that's one thing. But if you bring a chicken sacrifice, that's a whole different yeah, story. Yeah. Don't bring the chicken alive, Jesus. Well, I mean, I, it depends on how redneck the family really gets. You know what I right. mean? Well, I mean, it's one thing if they're just running around and Grandma happens to crack a neck in the middle of it, you know, before dinner. Well, hey, if you <clears> if, look, if you show up to Grandma's house and Grandma <laughs> is either cracking green beans or she's skinning potatoes. There's about to be a dead chicken in the yard. Oh, that's for that's sure. just, just that's just the way it is. There is no if ands or buts about that. So, yeah. um, man, I gotta say we're getting pretty close to the time limit here, man. I, thank you so much for doing this, dude. I really appreciate it. Last minute. Um, good luck in all your BMX racing. Um, thank you. Thanks for all the great stories and everything. We'll get you back on soon for sure. Hopefully, we'll do a job episode get everybody from there to do one of these little get togethers who knows but again man i can't thank you enough so much for taking time out of your day to do this appreciate it um is there any shout outs or anything that you'd like to give no man just take care of yourself be safe out there and i'll see you back at the job as soon as we can yes sir thank you so much guys it's been a little bit strange podcast with my buddy david yelverton check us out next week for all new episode